Hey, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming. I'm here with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And Elizabeth, how can that be? I get the Fleming part, that's me, but you're not a Curdy. I'm not a Curdy, but you and I both love Tom Curdy. Our partner, Tom, retired a number of years ago and He's still very much a part of the team, and we love him very much. He's been spending his summer in Flagstaff, so I'm not sure if he's tuning in or he's on the golf course. (laughs) So when are we going to change the firm name to Fleming and Freeman? I really like Fleming and Curdy, Robert. So for now, Fleming and Curdy it is. Okay. Well, then we're done here today. Oh, no, wait. We were going to talk about (laughs) something else. I I thought, Elizabeth, today we'd do something that we might call Probate 101. Um, people are terrified of the prospect that there may have to be a probate of their estate when they die. And they've heard such bad things about it. And they, they think that that's the core issue for estate planning is avoiding probate. And, and we don't think that way, um, which is not precisely to say probate is so wonderful. Everybody should make sure they have one. But, but, uh, but it's not as bad as people think, right? Yeah, Robert, I tell people... Um that they should just listen when I talk about probate. Most people get very concerned, and and then I crack a joke and I say, probate sounds like a terrible STD, and then people kind of laugh. Mm -hmm. I think folks are just terrified of probate because they think it's expensive and people fight and it takes forever. And I try and assure people that probate's actually, for many families, a pretty boring process, very procedural, and it does involve the court and there are certain deadlines the the idea is that essentially the court will bless someone to manage an estate now there may or may not be a will of the person who died so the decedent may have died intestate meaning the person died without a will so there are different procedures based on whether or not somebody died with or without a will but the idea about probate is is that somebody or two people may be named personal representative, people often think of the phrase executor, to manage an estate. That means to collect, identify, collect assets, pay creditors, distribute assets, sell property. And the idea is that the court sets out certain time frames and requirements that somebody has to follow to do these things. And so the court does not call up the personal representative. There's not a judge every week that checks in with you. But there are things about inventories. There's things around notice, notice to family, notice to heirs, notice to creditors that the personal representative must follow. So when we think about the probate process, well, sometimes people think they can initiate it themselves and and file the things that they need to file with the court to be appointed. Probate often is easier and more efficient when somebody is working with an attorney because the attorney is going to be able to say, this is how to address this deadline, this is how to provide this notice, and it is, I would say, formulaic in some ways. What we see when people are representing themselves in probate cases, Robert, is sometimes they miss these deadlines, and what was supposed to be a pretty simple exercise becomes complicated because they haven't followed the actual process. One of the things I see is if if a a book or uh, an article says here are three different things that you might choose from uh, while you're handling your own probate, some people do all three of them and don't understand that it was 
one of three different choices. And the point being that that's the value that law firms bring to the probate practice. But I think the point that, that you make, Elizabeth, that a lot of it is formulaic, also speaks to the fact that it's not as expensive as people think it's going to be. Because actually, the lawyers are not all that involved in the probate administration. It's a legal assistant-driven practice. Lawyers only only weigh in when there's a legal question that has to be resolved, and that's not very common. Uh, you don't have to go to court in most probates. Um, everything is done by just paperwork filed with the court. Even if you do have to go to court anymore, that just means a phone call. In Arizona, I'm sorry, in Pima County, Arizona, in the Tucson County, we don't even have Zoom for court hearings. We just use phone calls. Uh, and uh, so you get on the phone for one 10-minute phone call one day, and then that's probably all of the court appearance you will ever make in the course of a probate. And, and you'll only do that in one of four cases, maybe. Uh, so it, it's not it's not super time-consuming. It doesn't tend to be expensive. Uh, this is the point where we have to say we are Arizona lawyers. We are talking about Arizona law and practice. Don't generalize to other states. Some other states, some of which share long, contiguous borders with Arizona and are slightly to the west and have coastlines, um, still have fee structures in their probate code that can make probates extremely expensive. Not true in Arizona and most of the other states in the, in the country today. Uh, the, the probate process is way less expensive than people think it is or than it used to be. And Robert, I think that when I meet with some people, depending on the circumstances of a case, and we talk about estate planning, actually, I'll meet with clients sometimes. And as we discuss whether to do a trust or what their concerns are, um, folks might just be very upfront and say they're not concerned with probate. In fact, they welcome probate. And they might welcome probate for a variety of reasons. There might be a minor child or minor children, and they want to make sure that there's actually some independent oversight by the court of their estate. I meet with other people who say, you know, Elizabeth, I've got a business. I know there will be creditors. I want to make sure that there's a point in time um, by which the creditors can't come back and try and claw back money from my heirs. They're interested in the idea that through a probate, you can really shut down creditor claims. And so, in fact, they want to trigger the probate process for that reason. So I just, I hope people listening today understand that probate doesn't have to be complicated or awful or expensive or time-consuming. It is, in fact, a process, and it can be much more efficient when you're meeting with an attorney. And as you said, Robert, most of our work as counsel for for personal representative is making sure they understand the process and the timeline. I think that there are ways in which probate, as we think about kind of the the dinosaurs in the um, the trust and estates field, you know, probate's one of those things that has not changed all that much, probably in the decades that you've been practicing. Maybe I'm just taking a gander, but no, I think it's that's pretty correct that it's pretty much the same process. The big change in probate, the giant leap into a much more efficient and less expensive and complicated system occurred in 1974. And, um, and I started practicing law in 1976. And there are a number of us lawyers who've been practicing for 40 or more years who still refer to that as the new probate code. It's not really all that new. And, and, uh, <laughs> 
not much has changed about the efficiency of the system. And the other thing to keep in mind is that if you do a trust or, or do beneficiary designations or something to avoid having to go through the probate process, well, your estate is still, it's not a probate estate, but it's still going to take four to six months to get wrapped up. We still have to file your final income tax return. If you have a trust, we still have to file an income tax return for the trust, just as we would for the probate estate. Um, still probably going to be some lawyer time, though maybe not as much if you have a trust or beneficiary designations than if you have a probate. But there's still going to be some lawyer time and some accounting accountant uh, expense. Um, so, you know, it's probate is, as I say, not a walk in the park, not something that everybody ought to embrace, but, um, but not nearly as awful as people think it's going to be. So now we're done with probate uh, apology 101. Uh, apologia? Probate apologia, I guess, is what <laughs> we should call it. Uh, no, seriously, it's to be avoided, but not so, not so aggressively that, it, that it's an organizing principle of your life. Hey, one last thing. When you say, I just want to avoid probate, so that's why I did a will. <clears throat> Doing a will does not avoid probate. A will is just instruction to the probate court. And this is a shocker to people. If you have written a will, you haven't avoided probate, and your probate will not be one penny less expensive because you have a will, probably, than if you had, uh, if you had died intestate. So those are separate things. Yes, you ought to do a will. But if you want to avoid probate, you need to do more than just sign a will. Okay, can we move on, Elizabeth, to another topic next week? Maybe something more cheerful. That's right. I'm Robert Fleming. I've been chatting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are the partners in the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. You've been listening to Elder Law Issues, and we hope that you enjoyed it and will keep doing that. Talk at you next week.